The following audio is from Lifehouse Church. We hope you are blessed by this message and encourage you to connect with us on social media or at lifehousechurch.org. Have you ever wondered if the directions you received were trustworthy? And have you ever questioned directions that were good, but you were really wrestling with whether they were good enough, meaning the source is good, maybe it's your GPS app, but on your own, you're kind of like, I'm not sure I I like the way it's sending me. I I know I do this. Uh, If somebody gives me directions, I'm kind of like, really looking at them with a crooked eye, like, do they really know what they're talking about? Uh, Especially if they're like, make a right where the house used to be and then make a left where the barn burned down, you know what I'm saying? But then there are times when you have a trustworthy source, like your GPS app, but then you're like me, and you're wondering whether it's accurate, uh, and so, and you think you know better. So I've, I've had this moment, my GPS is telling me to take a side road, and I'm thinking to myself, well, I know the highway's faster, and so I just get on the highway, only to realize that what the GPS knew was that there was an hour backup, and now I'm sitting on the highway going, oh, I wish I had just listened to the GPS. And then I had this other moment where I was listening to the GPS. This is why I question it. I was listening to my GPS, and I was taking side roads everywhere I was going. And I just kept using side roads. I'm like, why does the GPS keep sending me on side roads? Well, it happened that when I was on a trip, I was trying to avoid toll roads. And so I had specifically put in my GPS to not send me on any roads, any any highways. And and as a result, I was taking all these side roads. So the the point was, then I began to question whether I could trust my GPS app. And, And maybe you're like that. Maybe you've made some wrong turns. Maybe you've made some questionable uh, decisions. And as a result, you question whether you can trust yourself, but then when you get directions from someone else, you're kind of questioning their agenda, what they're about, and then when you, even when you get directions that should be trustworthy, you're still kind of looking at it with a crooked eye going, I'm not sure. And so here's where it gets us, right? I mean, it's one thing to get stuck in traffic for an hour and you're frustrated. It's a very different thing, though, to be questioning major directions and decisions and destination in life. And so you and I, we have gotten off on a detour. We have run into obstacles and roadblocks and dead ends. And as a result, we don't just question the trustworthiness of the directions we've received. We find ourselves constantly rerouting. I'm not sure, I'm not sure. What about this decision? And so we find ourselves almost stuck, just kind of like spinning our wheels a little bit. So then when you get to this point, then you may finally turn to God. And I wanna encourage you, I think that's a good and right decision to make. Because God obviously knows what's best, and God wants what's best. He doesn't just give you what's best, he has what's best for you, and he knows what's best. And so God has a direction for your life, and he has a destination for your life. The challenge is that sometimes you could jump into seeking God for direction, but don't necessarily know how to hear his voice. And even if you are certain that you've heard something from God, you begin to wonder, was that really God, or was that bad pizza? You know, like, 
was that just a movie I watched or was that something I read? And so you can begin to question if you've really heard from God. And then when you receive something from God and you believe it's from God, once you get into it, you can start going, wait a second, this isn't the way I thought it was going to be. And you can begin to question it in real time. Maybe I should get off. Maybe I should make a turn. Well, if you've ever questioned the directions you're following, or whether you should really follow the way of God, I have good news for you. At least you're not alone. Uh, if you've ever heard the name Moses, uh, he's a big deal in the Bible. This guy's kind of an important part of all of uh, religious history. I mean, he's kind of a key figure in Jewish history. He's a key figure in Christian faith. Why? Because Moses uh, is the deliverer of the nation of Israel, right? He's born during uh, Egyptian sl the, the slavery of the Jewish people under Egyptian rule. Uh, he was born during a national infanticide where the Egyptians were wiping out all of the Jewish babies. He's rescued from that infanticide by Pharaoh's daughter. And as a result, he knows that there's something unique about his life, that he's been chosen to be the deliverer of the nation of Israel. Well, fast forward to when he's a grown man, he, he makes a major blunder, his anger drives him to murder somebody, and so he flees from Egypt, and he spends the next 40 years farming, ranching, in a desert, working for his father-in-law, where one day while he's out in the desert, he sees a bush on fire. Now, you've probably heard the phrase, you know, something like, you know, having a burning bush experience. Well, for him, it wasn't that profound initially because in the desert, there's a bush on fire. Well, those things kind of happen. The, the unique thing about this bush was that it burned and it didn't burn up. And so Moses goes over to the bush. He's kind of curious about it. And as he gets close, God speaks to him from within the fire. And so if you want to hear a little bit more about how you can hear the voice of God, you can, you can go back and check out my message I shared last week. Uh, as we introduce this rerouting series. Now, but I want to take it a step further because sometimes you can hear from God and you can still question God or if God knows best or wants what's best for you. Well, fortunately for you, that's exactly where Mount Moses found himself. So I'm going to jump into the story. It's found in Exodus chapter three, where Moses is just like us. He gets the directions and then he goes, I don't know if these are good directions. But Moses said to God, who am I? that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt. And God said to him, God said, I will be with you. And this will be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. Now, hold up here. Um, here's this crazy thing, right? So here's Moses. Goes, he, God speaks to him and says, here's what I want you to do. I want you to, I want, he gives him clear direction. He tells him where he's going. He's saying, I'm going to be with you. And Moses goes, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if this is a good plan. And, and so it's crazy. He gets a God plan, but he's not sure if it's a good plan. And so he questions God's plan for his life. So if you've ever gotten in a situation where your faith was a little bit uh, weak and you're struggling with whether you trust God and if God knows what's best, you're not alone. You can relate to Moses. And so then God speaks to Moses and said, I will be with you. And these are the ways you're going to know that it was me. Here's how you're going to know that I'm the one speaking to you. A day will come when you and the entire nation of Israel can be right back in this spot. The spot where he saw the burning bush. And in this spot, you will worship me after I have rescued you 
out of Egyptian slavery. And then God continues, uh, or, or then, then the conversation continues. Moses said to God, suppose I, I go to the Israelites and I say, and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, well, what's his name? I mean, what's, what's the application? Why should we trust what you've heard? Then what shall I tell them? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. And in this moment, Moses is asking, he goes, God, I, I know you're speaking to me. And I know that you, it's a God plan, and you're telling me now it's a good plan, and I want to obey it, but I, I need to know your name. I, I, need, I need more. I need something that I can trust so that when I go tell the people God spoke to me, I actually have a name to put with it. He says, it's not enough just to get your promise or just to get your plan. I need your presence, and that's what God gives him. And so the key here is this. We, we trust the direction of God when we know the nature of God. Th this is the key, right? You and I will trust God when we know that he's trustworthy. We'll trust God when we actually begin to know God. If you don't know God, then you begin to question if God knows best. Now, you, far, you, know, you, you might go, well, I'm never going to question God. No, here's what happens. We don't necessarily question like the God, right? The God above all gods, the God who knows everything. We question whether we really know God. If we know him personally and intimately whether we can trust, whether we've heard God. And, and so the key here is that we begin to trust the direction of God when we actually know the nature of God. And the reason why we struggle with trusting, why we struggle with whether we can trust when somebody gives us directions is this, right? Do they know best and do they have any ulterior motive or agenda in the directions they're giving me, right? You're asking a colleague or a coworker how to do a project. You're, you're asking somebody for some mentoring or coaching and then you begin to question whether or not you can trust them because you're, you're wondering, do they have an ulterior motive or agenda in my life and uh, are they giving me the best advice, so then what we do is we don't trust anyone. We just trust ourselves and the directions we can figure out. And here's the challenge with that. You and I have also learned that we can't necessarily trust ourselves, our best thoughts, right? Because sometimes our thoughts have gotten us into trouble. We did what we thought was best and it didn't work out the way we thought it would work out. And as a result, we've begun to even wonder if we can trust ourselves. But what do you do? You got nothing else to fall back on. So the reason why we struggle with trusting others, trusting ourselves, is because there is a broken GPS system inside of us. There's a good reason why you and I shouldn't just trust ourselves, because you and I have an internal direction that is off. Our, our true north is fractured. And so the, in essence, the, um, the compass that we're using is steering us in a wrong direction. Well, why is that? Because at the core, our compass, our conscience, our, our sense of direction is all fractured because of a spiritual brokenness called sin. Sin is at the core what drives and directs our lives. Sin, you and I were born with this sin nature, this instinct to push away from God and to follow our own direction. The problem is our true north is off, and so the direction that we aim our lives 
is driven by sin and directed toward our own destruction. This is the bad news. So we can't trust others and we can't trust ourselves. And so what do you and I do? Because we're stuck driven by sin and sin is going to lead us toward ruin, but not just toward ruin, toward forever judgment where we spend eternity far away from God suffering the consequence of a life driven by sin. And so this is the bad news. The good news is that God doesn't just promise to direct our lives. He promises us his presence where he wants to not only be with us, but be in us to direct us toward what is best, toward his best. And so what does God do? God shows up as a person. He takes our sin brokenness, our sin corruption on himself, and Jesus dies in our place once for all, absorbing our eternal death sentence, taking on our shame and our guilt, paying the price that we owe for our wrongdoing and sin. And Jesus dies for us, but Jesus doesn't just stay dead. He rises from the dead, and in his resurrection, he gives us new life and forever life. New life, because when we believe in Jesus by faith, God's spirit comes into our spirit, and he transforms us. And he, and he gives us this new life where because he transforms us, now we can see the world different. We can see the world being directed by God's presence in us. And so that's where I want to pick up. When you believe in Jesus by faith, God forgives you of sin. In essence, you could say that that broken compass is restored. And you're, you're redirected away from a life driven by sin to a life directed by God's spirit. And so this begins, listen to me. If you're constantly wondering who you can trust, even if you can trust yourself, and you're, you're left rerouting constantly, you and I get the best direction. We can trust the direction of God when we know the nature of God. And that begins by saying yes to Jesus by faith. And so let me just encourage you. Let's begin by saying yes to Jesus. If you've never made that decision or you're ready to make that decision, you're ready to say yes to Jesus. I believe in you by faith. Would you forgive me of sin? Would your spirit come and live inside of my spirit? And you're making that commitment. Would you let us know? Let us know by simply texting the name Jesus to 41411. And when you text Jesus' name to us, we're going to follow up with you and give you just a next step. So as you begin this new relationship with God, we can help encourage you and we can help, uh, you, you know, just give you that next step so you can begin this new process. And so we, we just want to say we're celebrating with you. Um, if you're joining us online, you let us know that you're, you're making that commitment at our campuses. You let us know that you're making that commitment by texting Jesus to 41411. Okay, so you've said yes to Jesus. Many of you, you've said yes to Jesus, but now you're wondering, how do I not only hear from God, but how do I really know that God, not, not just that he knows best, but that I can trust that I'm hearing God's best for my life. And so let's jump back into the story. This is what God says to Moses. God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me. And his point was this. Moses is saying, how, how can I tell them that you've spoken to me and that you've given me direction if I don't even know your name? And so the name God gives them, and, and this is interesting. Maybe you don't know the Hebrew language. If you don't realize the Old Testament is written in Hebrew, which means, um, okay, so a couple things about that. Hebrew, the Hebrew language is actually written, uh, we, we write English left to right. And we read left to right. They, they write it out right to left, and you read it right to left. Okay, so that's one thing. Also, it doesn't have any vowels. 
So the name that God gives Moses is actually, the way it's written is something like Y-H-W-H. All right, it's just four consonants, uh, and some of you are going, why? That's, that's a vowel. Well, sometimes. In, in Hebrew, it's a consonant, uh, Y-H-W-H, and so it's often pronounced uh, Yahweh or Jehovah. Some of you are like, wait, I've heard that before. Yeah, okay, that's where it comes from. This moment where God is speaking to Moses, and he says, um, God said to him, uh, Yahweh. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. Yahweh has sent me. In fact, this name, it was considered so sacred and is still considered so sacred to the Jewish people that the scholars and the scribes who write out their sacred writings or whenever they're writing, they don't actually use the name Yahweh. They will use a more generic name of God, like God Almighty, uh, Adonai, something like that, because they're afraid to misuse God's name and break one of the Ten Commandments. This name is considered sacred and holy. And, and so what's the point? When God is speaking to Moses, what he wants him to really get is that both he and the nation of Israel will experience the name of God. And your challenge is, you and I trust God best, which means in turn we will trust God's directions when we experience the name of God. So the key here is, when you're in a rerouting season, which way should I go? What decision should I make? Should I date him or, or should I break up or should I go to this college or should I buy that or should we do this or go there? What, what should I be doing at my business or my paycheck or how should I handle my finances? How should I be handling my time? And you're getting stressed out. And if you're not stressed out during this season, I, maybe you're not paying attention. But as your stress level goes up because you're in rerouting, what you and I need to do is get back and experience the name of God. Yahweh was not a name to learn or to memorize or to just simply know, but a name to experience. And so let me give you what this name means because it's a mouthful. When God says to Moses, I am who I am, he hears what he meant. I am the I am. I do what I will do. I am from the beginning, I was, I am, and I always will be. I am eternal. I am dependable. I am trustworthy. I am the God who gives love and will always keep his love commitment to you no matter what you ever do. And even if you fail, I will not fail you. You can count on my promises because I am the I am. I am the self-sustaining creator of all things. I am before anything was. I am. Okay, did you get all that? That's a mouthful. That's what God meant. Now, you don't just know that. And if you heard that and you're like, well, I can never memorize it. You don't know. You don't have to memorize it. You have to experience it. You've got to discover it for yourself. In fact, that's kind of the point. See, in Hebrew, in the Hebrew language, in, in the Hebrew tradition, the idea of a name it was not a label like we have today. Maybe you have children and you've given your children a name and maybe in that moment you did a little research to figure out what that name meant or you thought the name was a really cool name. Um, and so you gave your child a name because it's cool or it sounds good or it fits the other names you have in your family. But in ancient times and in the Hebrew world, the name, it was a definition. 
It was the resume. It, it, was, it, it was the essence of that person's nature, character. It captured who they are. And so uh, somebody's name was, like, was more than a label. It was their identity. Okay, so when God says, I am who I am, he was saying, this is how you can identify and truly know me at the very essence of who I am. And so for you and I, um, our challenge is that we have to have an encounter, an experience with God, where we begin to discover the very name of God. And so if you go, if you read throughout the Bible, what you'll discover is different moments in history where somebody had an experience with God, and as a result, they gave him a new name that matched that experience. So follow me, I'll, I'll, help, I'll make this um, understandable. So Moses, he, he meets God, and God says, I am Yahweh, or Jehovah. And, and he goes, okay, God is the I am. And then as he experienced different encounters with God, he just, for example, he has this encounter where uh, many of the people in Israel get sick. God rescues them out of Egypt. They're in the desert, and they, many of them are getting sick. And so they pray, and God heals them. And in that moment, Moses says, I know that the I am is the I am who heals. And so he comes up with this name, uh, Yah uh, Yahweh Rapha. The I am who heals. And then two chapters later in Exodus chapter 17, um, they go into battle. And, and God just supernaturally gives them victory in the battle. And after the battle where it's obvious that they're not that good of fighters, but God fought for them, um, they, Moses establishes a memorial, a, an altar, and he says, this is Yahweh Nisi, um, the I am who goes before us in the battle and displays his power in the fight. Yahweh Nisi. And then if you fast forward to another leader, uh, King David, who ruled over the nation of Israel, he wrote one of the most well-known uh, songs in the entire Bible, Psalm 23, and it opens with, the Lord is my shepherd, and actually that, that statement is, is just a name. Uh, Yahweh Raha, the I am who shepherds me. See, David is out tending his sheep, he cares about the sheep. He's looking out for them. He makes sure that they have their needs met. He makes sure that they're protected. He's looking out for them, and he's leveraging his strength and his skill to meet the needs of his flock. And as David is doing that, he recognizes, oh, my goodness, that's how God looks out for me. Yahweh, Raha, I've experienced you as my shepherd. See, and here's the challenge. In the past, some of you have experienced God's name, and you need to remember God's name and remind yourself of God's name, because as you begin to say, God has been, and you, you say the name of God. And in fact, for each of you right now, I'd encourage you, maybe pull out your phone. You're joining us online. I want you to type in the comment section. And for those of you, you're, you're joining us, I want you to make a note. I want you to type a reminder to yourself of the various names of God in your life. I'll give you an example. The world around you has been shaken. And God has been a stable strength for you. And you can write out, God, my rock. Some of you, you've been in a financial crisis. And you've discovered God as God, my provider. Or you've been afraid. 
and you've been scared out of your mind and you discovered um, Yahweh Shalom, God my peace. And I'd encourage you to write out the name of God. And then maybe right next to that or right under that, write out what name of God do you need to experience? Maybe you've been in despair or distress and you need to experience God as your hope. You say, I need to know Yahweh hope or Yahweh strength or Yahweh healer or, or Yahweh my, my, uh, the one who loves me forever, right? Like whatever it is, you write that out and say, God, this is the name I need to experience. And here's what happens. As you begin to experience the name of God, you begin to trust the direction of God because you know him. You, you've discovered the very name of God in your life and becomes deeply personal and deeply profound. And you can journal that and remember that. And when you know the name of God, then whatever God gives you, whatever God says, you trust it. Now, don't just stop there. There's actually two more pieces and I'm going to move through this pretty quickly, but let me jump in and read to you. God also said to Moses, say to the Israelites, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever. That's the name Yahweh. The name you shall call me from generation to generation. So you're passing this name on, but he doesn't stop there. He goes like this. Go and assemble the elders of Israel and say to them, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, appeared to me and said, I have watched over you. Now listen to what God does. Not only am I Yahweh, but here's what I've done. I have watched over you. And I have seen what, you, uh, what has been done to you in Egypt. And I have promised to bring you up out of your misery in Egypt into the land of the Canaanites. The point is that God doesn't just give him a new name. God gives him his resume. And he says, this is my very nature. This is what I do. And this is what I've done. He says, I want you to experience the nature of God. So not just experiencing the name of God, but you and I need to begin to take hold of the very nature of God. What, what is God's nature? It is that God is good and God is loving. God is just. He always does the right thing. God is holy. He is perfect and there's no one like him. God is omnipresent. He is everywhere at all times. He is omnipotent. He is all powerful. You can trust that God is strong enough. God is protector. God is provider. See, when you begin to know the, na the name of God and you attach it to the nature of God because the names of God come out of experiencing the nature of God. So here's the deal. When I am in trouble and God goes before me in the battle. He is Yahweh Nisi. And I discover the nature of God, that he is a God who fights for me. He is stronger than me. He goes into battle for me, that he gives me peace in the fight. God is provider. God is big enough. God knows and he cares. Then I begin to write a story with my life where I lean into and I trust the nature of God. Many of you, the reason why you've struggled to Taking, a, taking the step that God has put in front of you is because you're not sure that God is good and God does what is good in your life, that you can trust the nature of God. God is loving. He loves you more than you could ever imagine. God is good. He, he has your good in mind and he is at work for his ultimate good and your ultimate good. So you trust him. God is forgiving. God is merciful. God is gracious. And when you begin to name the nature of God and you begin to experience the nature of God, 
you begin to trust God. Now, here's the deal. When, you, when you've experienced the name of God and you've experienced the nature of God, here's what happens. When you know God's name and nature, you trust his direction. Because I've met God and I know his name as the God who provides. In, in the Bible, you read Yahweh Yireh or Jehovah Jireh. The God who provides. And so I, know, I not only know his name as the God who provides, but I've experienced his nature having provided for me. Then the next time he asks me, he gives me direction that makes me scared about my needs. And so I think that I have to look out for myself. He's saying, you need to give. You need to give away 10% of your income to the local church. And I go, I don't know about that. And then I go, wait, I know the name of God, Jehovah Jireh. I know the nature of God. He's provider. Then I take a step and I say, God, I trust you because I know you. And I will obey you because I've experienced you. See, what's getting in the way of your obedience, what's getting in the way of you trusting God's direction is you haven't been in a place where you've had to experience the name of God and the nature of God. And so here's, I want to give you an encouragement. Some of you, these past seven months have been the worst seven months of your life. You've, you've questioned more and you've struggled more and you've been more afraid than worried than ever before. Meanwhile, what you don't realize is that these last seven months have put God's resume on display in your life. That when you were worried sick, God was your peace. When you couldn't meet your needs, God has been your provider. When you were sick, God was your healer. When you were suffering in grief because of a devastating loss, God was your comforter. When you couldn't figure it out and you were losing your mind, God has been your counselor. When, you're, when, the, when your world was shaking around you, God has been your rock. When the politics were tearing a nation apart, God has been your unity. God has been your king. God has been your president. God has invited you into his nation where he rules over his citizenship. For the very first time in your lives, some of you are actually encountering the name of God and the nature of God, and he's inviting you into a whole new experience. Now you build a memorial, you write it down in a journal, you make a note, you take this moment to mark it in your life and say, God, from this point forward, I will trust you because I've met you and I've experienced you. Maybe you just need to see the, the fingerprints of God all over your life right now, how he has been revealing himself to you. If you would just listen and trust him. So this is not one of those messages that you just kind of like, you turn off the, the feed or you just pick up yourself and you go into the next moment. This is one of those where you're being invited to experience God. And experiencing God requires you to pause, be still, to know the name of God and discover the nature of God. A name that God spoke in Hebrew that we translate into English. Uh, names that God has given throughout generations and nations. Name that, names of God that he's speaking into your life into each unique situation and circumstance. God's revealing the nature, his nature into each situation in your life. So I encourage you, would you pause? Say, God, You've met me in this way, I'll trust you. I need to meet you here. So you take one situation right now, and you say, God, this is where I need to meet you. Would you reveal your name to me, your nature to me? I'm gonna pray over you. 
But then I want you to take this moment as you pause for you not only to pray, but to invite God into your life in such a way that you can experience his name and his nature. God, thank you for loving us. You have been so, so good to us. You've never been far from us. You've been writing your story into our story from the very beginning of the story of history. So God, right now in every one of our lives, whether individuals are joining us online at one of our campuses, God, would they, would we experience your name, a new name for a new season? And God, would you reveal your nature to us in a way so that we would fully trust you and fully follow you? In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to audio from Lifehouse Church. We believe that through Christ, life change happens here. So we invite you to connect with us further by visiting lifehousechurch.org.